Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I'm Steve Seifer, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Laos and Ken Levin. How are you guys doing this week? All right. Pretty well. All right. So back in 1971, the Society for American Baseball Research was founded in Cooperstown, um, Sabre. Uh, Bob Davids was the guy that founded it. He was a writer and statistician from the 50s and 60s. And I, and I didn't really realize how far back that kind of progressive thinking in baseball went. Because when you think of it, you know, you think of maybe the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even, you know, decades before, you still had guys doing all that research and, and all those findings. And obviously all that stuff has had a major impact on baseball and how it's been perceived and how the game has gotten run and everything. Steve, all I hear is that yeah, they're a bunch of nerds. Yeah, pretty much. The only much. thing that came out of your mouth there. Yeah, so in honor of all those nerds and stat frauds out there, what stats are we going to promote, extend, or trade? Oh, oh, this is a good one. So we have fielding percentage, <laughs> oh, we have God. RBI, and we have ERA. Uh, I'm going to blow up. Extend ERA. I'm, I'm blowing up the team and rebuilding. Everything's gone. <laughs> um, well, here, well, first, fielding percentage is the worst, right? Like that's even worse. <laughs> is that worse than RBIs? 
Uh, I don't think so. <sighs> At least fielding percentage tells you something useful, regardless of how flawed. Yeah, that, I guess that it tells it you is. like it's a measure of like how good your hands are, I guess, kind of something like that. Yeah, so trade RBIs. Yeah, RBI just serves no purpose for valuation or anything like that whatsoever. Ken, Ken is totally right that ERA is, while not good, is the best of these statistics. Yes, definitely flawed, but, I mean, it correlates with pretty much the more advanced Fla- things. Flawed, usually. but usable. Unlike yes. the other two, which are garbo. <laughs> flawed, but very flawed. Flawed, but no redeeming quality whatsoever. That is definitely correct. In before we get some old man yellow cloud comments in in our in uh, on this pod. Luckily, I don't think we have any listeners, so. Hoggers. All good. All right, the Unilions in Taiwan went four and one this week, so I think they reached the portion of the season where they make a, a late surge back into contention, just like the Mets. And they are currently 32 and 39 on the year. And the hitter of the week is Anko Lin, who has one of the best swings in the league. If you haven't seen any of the constant gifts that I'm retweeting of him. But he went 5 for 17 with four homers, 12 RBI, a walk, and five strikeouts. And he's the league leader in home runs now with 24. That's a hell of a week. Yeah, I mean, four home runs is uh, always good. And then pitcher of the week is someone new finally. It is Su Qian Shi, who went six innings this week. He allowed three unearned runs on six hits, two walks, and had three strikeouts. So, so if this was the correct Mets parallel, right, this guy is some – Either former top prospect who's never made good on it or some veteran retread that was seemed to be on their way out. He's going to pitch well this week and for the rest of the season, they'll give him way too much money on like a three or four year deal. and He'll go right back to being awful next season. Good call. (laughs) (laughs) He was drafted in 2017. Nailed it. (laughs) Yep. He was their third round pick. Uh, He appeared in a couple of games that year, but he really broke out in 2018 uh, he he posted a 3.86 ERA and he won Rookie of the Year award in 2018. And he really wasn't able to keep that kind of momentum going last year. He posted a 6.42 ERA, which is about a run and a half higher than league average. And the same thing so far this season. He has a 6.20 ERA, which is a little above league average, not too much, but yeah, the stuff uh, isn't stupendous. And it's looking more and more like that rookie of the year season was more of an illusion than reality. <laughs> rookie, of the, rookie of the year is almost a curse. Kind of is, yeah. It can be real weird. Chris Coughlin won it that one year when he was just really good for the Marlins and then was Chris Coughlin the rest of his career. <laughs> one year in the, the early 2000s, Eric Hinsky and Jason Jennings won. Well, I forgot about Jay. Well, Jason Jennings, he was a big time prospect, wasn't he? He had like with, one with big year. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Hinsky, one for the Rockies, though. Am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Desmond Jennings. That's someone mm-hmm. different. Mm. Uh, yeah, he was a big. Yeah. Name that didn't pan out. 
I mean, Eric Hinsky had that like six year stretch where whatever team he was on made the World Series. He was like the good luck charm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of like the Rays. And I don't even remember. I think he was on the Yankees. The one. Yankees. Yeah. 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 Then he went to the Pirates, I think. And they obviously didn't make the World Series because they're the Pirates. One day. There are some names in here. There's some good names and some bad names. So the year Chris Coughlin won, it was uh, Andrew Bailey in Oakland. He was good until he blew out his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The year before, you had Evan Longoria, and so that worked. But then also Giovanni Soto, which didn't. Mm. He was good for a couple of years. He was like in that Two or three. Last- yeah, he was like that last batch of catchers where it was acceptable to just not play defense as a catcher. You could hit, and then the league kind of realized, wait, that's bad. Framing's important. <laughs> who the hell is Bobby Crosby in 2004? I have no idea who that is. And the name is familiar, but I could not tell you a single no idea. detail about him. Rick <laughs> of the Year is weird. Yeah, I mean, you just really need to be better than everyone else yeah. in popularity, and it's not always hard to be. All right, um, next up are the LG Twins, and they went 3-2, and two, and they had a game postponed by rain. So they are 43-33-1, which is fourth place in the league behind the NC Dinos, the Kiwum Heroes, and the Dusan Bears. So player of the week... Pitching and hitting are guys that everyone should be familiar with this at this point. Uh, Hunsu Kim and Casey Kelly. Kim went 8 for 19 with a double, two homers, seven RBI, a walk and a strikeout. And Kelly went seven innings, giving up two runs on five hits with two walks, a hit by pitch, and six strikeouts. That's uh, that's the Casey Kelly that was traded for Aegon at one point, right? Yeah, he used to be a big-time Red Sox prospect. Right. What did they trade with him? Like, um, for Christ's sake, you'd think I'd remember this. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, Rizzo, right. Rizzo, uh, uh, Kelly, and then that random outfielder. Who's What's his name? Raymond Fuentes. And then that they traded... Really random. Yeah, then they traded Rizzo for uh, Yonder Alonso, and that didn't work. Right? No. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, they yeah. traded from Andrew, Andrew Krashner. They traded him for Andrew Kashner, and that didn't work out. Oh. So well. Then I didn't even realize he was over in Korea. I already forgot. He's been pitcher of the week like seven times. <laughs> no, but it, right, but it, I, I, it never clicked that it's oh, it's this, it's that dude, right, that right, guy. Right. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> I mean, good for him, chasing the dream still. Probably getting paid more than we are to go play baseball in Korea. Yeah, he's he's basically their ace and has been for the last couple of years. So he's making a, f- a million or so a year, which is more than he'd be getting if he was just kind of kicking around in the minors. Making a million or so a year to live abroad, eat Korean barbecue every night, and play baseball? Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue. Uh, finally, now the Occult Swallows, they went 2-3 and three and had a tie this week. So that leaves them at 19-17-5. and five which is four games behind the Yumiura Giants. And hitter of the week is Yasutaka Shiomi. And he went 7 for 18 with a homer, two walks, and six strikeouts. So kind of a boring week. That's 
not really that uh, impressive. But Xiaomi was drafted by the Swallows in 2017. Uh, he graduated college. Uh, excuse me. He graduated high school and college without getting drafted. But he impressed the right people when he was playing in the industrial leagues for JX Holdings, which is a petroleum and metal company in Japan. And he went professional because of his play there. And basically, in 2018 and 2019, his first two years, the same exact thing happened. He hit really well in the minors, and then he struggled when he was promoted. But this year, he's settled in pretty well to his part-time role. And currently, he has a 268, 302, 585 batting line in 13 games. And all in all, he's kind of uh, a generic and unexciting player. He's one of those guys that gives you a little bit in a bunch of areas. He hits for an okay average, a little bit of power, a couple of stolen bases, solid center field defense. You know, nothing really eye-popping anywhere, but all right, you know, stuff all around. Um, The most interesting thing that I found out about him is that when he was in college, uh, the team, it would they would train in Sagamihara, which is a suburb of Tokyo that's by the Tensawa Mountains. And they have a lot of uh, wild animals that that live out there. So one of the things that the team would do, (laughs) this sounds kind of dangerous, really, would they would uh, chase and run with the wild boar that lived there. So I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not not really. Probably not. Are they familiar with one Yoannis Cespedes? Probably not. No. Where do you think he learned it? Ah, ah, that's it. That's it. But Xiaomi, Xiaomi always, uh, uh, you know, he he made note that he was never able to outrun the boars, but he ran shoulder to shoulder with them. So he's as fast as one wild boar. Cool. Yeah, that's an interesting way to gauge your speed. That's like a. The first thing that came to mind was that remember like maybe five seven years ago the pirates got in trouble for their like military style yeah. trip like this is like the next step we, we went past the military training you're going wild go chase I mean, go wrestle with this tiger it'll teach you something about hitting i don't know in japan they kind of do do that so that's you know this really is not that crazy of a story like when you when you hear the kind of stereotypical things like you know standing under under the waterfalls to build up tolerance and things like that like they do legit do that kind of stuff so the hell dude it's a little, little psycho yeah a little and bit. not even not even like professional like these are high school and college teams so kind of makes it worse <laughs> <laughs> exactly um all right our picture of the week is a little more interesting a gentleman by the name of Hirofumi Yamanaka and he pitched eight scoreless innings allowing four hits walking one and striking out two uh, like Shiomi, Yamanaka was drafted out of the industrial leagues. Uh, Yamanaka worked for Honda, and he impressed the right people. And at the tender age of 27, he was drafted by the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks in the 2012 draft with their sixth pick. And he didn't spend much time with them because he was traded uh, to the Swallows in a package the very next year. And unlike the Hawks, the Swallows used him as a starter instead of a reliever. And he was fairly solid. He posted mid-three ERAs in three of the last five seasons. But those two other seasons where he didn't, he was really bad. Um, And that's why he started in the minors this year. And he was actually, his start this week was actually his first one at the major league level. So 
starting out each year throwing six, uh, throwing eight scoreless innings, pretty good. And what Not makes good, Yamanaka better than anything in the Met bullpen? That's for sure. Yeah, and what makes Yamanaka interesting is that he's a submarine pitcher. So guys like that are always fun to see. And I the fact submariners. the fact that he's able to do that over multiple innings as a starter is pretty crazy. When was the last fa- time there was a submarine starter in Major League either. Baseball? Probably have to go back to like the 70s, maybe even before. I don't know. Did Joel Pinheiro throw submarine? No, or is he just like a weird sinker dude? That is, yeah. Like there are guys that have weird, like sidearm angles where they drop down and do weird things. But uh, Byung Ho Kim was he a starter at one point? Maybe. Hmm. Trying to think. Don't remember. But yeah, I mean, it's very, very rare. And the fact that he's able to post solid numbers as a starter with a fastball that sits in the mid-70s and a 60-mile-per-hour slider is, you know, it's fun stuff. And a 70-mile-per-hour screwball, so. It's just aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Anytime guys have weird mechanics that they're able to make work, it's fun. Because too often in Major League Baseball, everyone just kind of cut out of the same mold. All right, so we have some player news to address this week. Uh, first thing is that Michael Waka, he was put on the DL. So probably, I guess, the thing that would mo- make make the most sense would be to have um, Franklin Kilome brought back up and see how he does again. He was solid in his first start. Was it a start or was it just multiple innings out of the bullpen? It was just multiple, yeah, bullpen. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, he was, however, it came he was pretty solid in those couple of innings. So at this point, I don't ever want to see Michael Walker pitch again, <laughs> or Rick Porcello. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm fine with Walker, but yeah, I don't need to see any more Porcello. Alternatively, Harold Gonzalez. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's not even on the the thing. Harold. No, but apparently the teams, it's not. It's not a permanent thing. Like teams can just add guys willy nilly to it whenever they feel like. Yeah. Probably. Because the next guy that we'll talk about now is Louis Carpio, and he was added to the player pool. And, Why? Uh, yeah, I mean he's pretty redundant with Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez and Luis Guillorme and Brian Dozer all. And Jeff McNeil. Oh, Jeff McNeil too. That's right. He is technically second base. I mean. I don't know. I don't, I don't really see the need for He's Louis just Garfield. like worse Luigi Orme, probably. Yeah, I mean, I'm not all that enthused with his with his bat. His defense isn't what it once was. It's not terrible, but it's not really that great either. He's probably really just limited to second. The arm never came all the way back after the shoulder, right? So. Yeah, right, so... I mean, he really is, in every regard, probably an inferior version of everybody that they already have at the major league level. So, I don't know. I don't I don't get that at all. Granted, like, he probably, like, he's never going to see playing time, so it doesn't much matter, but... Yeah, I mean... It, Literally just a body at the alternate uh, spring site, or the alternate exactly. training site. 
exactly. It's probably just to get him some. Maybe he's going to be the uh, player to be named in that trade that the Mets made, and they're just getting him some reps before they send them away. I don't know, but... That trade didn't make any sense to me either, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Not not good. Yeah. Traded for a bad depth starter when they already have several bad depth starters. Why? Just one more example of the Mets not having any clue what the left hand is doing and what the right hand is doing because there's just no planning ahead and none of it makes sense. It'd be one thing if they traded for like an interesting arm, but they traded for a guy who has no record of posting strikeouts and an extremely limited record of having an even competent ERA. And like... In 2017, he got there were some scouting reports like, oh, maybe he's a fourth starter or something like that. It's a very Jeff type prospect, I think. Um, but then I, he's been bad since then. So, like, what are you doing? I just happened to randomly open up Twitter and somebody either retweeted or liked like one of those kinds of things where you see someone that you don't actually follow that the Pirates signed Henderson Alvarez. Uh-huh. Like there are, you know, I, I think that I have more faith in Henderson Alvarez than I do in Ariel Gerardo. I believe this new yeah. guy's name is. Yeah. So, like, what? Why? Why are you trading for guys that you can probably just sign as free agents? Yep. Players that are better. I don't know. I don't get it. It, it makes no sense to me. The Mets. The Mets. Yeah. So I mean. Given the caliber of player that he is, I don't think that the Mets are going to be that player to be named later is not going to be, you know, an Alvarez or or a, a Vientos or something like that. But still, I mean, the Mets are not really uh, unless it's an obvious depth guy with no upside really whatsoever, which the Mets do have a lot of. That's true. <laughs> but even in that case, again, what are you trading these guys away for when you can just sign a comparable and probably better player? But I don't know. I'm not a GM, so what do I know? Were you an agent until recently? Oh, that's true. I'm not. I'm not a, and I'm not an agent turned GM, so I don't know anything. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Um, so the season is about two weeks old now, give or take. And the two guys that 
kind of made the team at the beginning, David Peterson and Andres Jimenez, they've gotten some fairly in-depth looks now, which is definitely not something that would have happened if we were having a normal 2020 season. Um, so Peterson so far, he's uh, he has a 3.78 ERA in three starts, uh, pitching 16 and two-thirds innings with 16 hits allowed, six walks, and 14 strikeouts. And Jimenez is hitting 276, 323, 345 in 31 plate appearances with one walk, two strikeouts, and two stolen bases. And I'm pretty sure that he stole another base in today's game. So let's start with Peterson first. Um, I think that pretty much what we're getting from him right now is like the best case scenario. You know, he's kind of always a, a strong back at the end starter. And right now he is slightly better than average, so uh, with a, a 105 ERA plus. So I mean, what you see is pretty much what you're gonna get from him, and that's that's fine. He had the number one pitch on uh, Pitching Ninja yesterday. That's that that's important. Yes, gotta win the back. The slider, ages. the slider will look good occasionally. He made yeah. Lu- granted it was to Lewis Brinson, who will sometimes swing stupidly, but he made Lewis Brinson look stupid. So. That was uh, a, a nice slider. Like, hit him as he was swinging at it. Like, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of quibble about the level of competition that he's faced so far, Peterson. But, yeah. I mean, even if, let's say, he's let's, let's say he's facing the three, you know, toughest teams in his three starts so far, and the ERA is, let's say, you know, 95 instead of 105, that makes him a little bit below average. He's still well within that range of, you know, just kind of generic back of the rotation guy. To generic back of the rotation guy, that means you don't have to spend $10 million on Rick Porcello every offseason. Exactly. That is the most important thing about gauging what what the Mets have this season. And, and the always... rotation's thinner than it used to be, so, like, that's important. Oh, yeah. We always made Mark Burley comparisons, so I was just kind of looking at his his baseball reference page, and like I didn't realize how good Burley actually was, and he really doesn't get enough credit for being as good as he was. Very long career. Yeah, I mean, ERA plus of 117 for his career, so he was pretty, you know, above average, and that wasn't that that was an era where offense was a bit inflated as compared to today. And he pitched 50 innings in his rookie year. And then basically every single season after that, he pitched 200 or more, except for his last season. He pitched 198 innings. So that's basically 200. Dude, is his his last season? I didn't realize his last season was that good. Yeah. Like I looked back at it. I was like, wow, this guy's like, I knew he was like good. Like, he was the, the for a while, he was like the quote-unquote ace for the White Sox, but not really yeah. ace material, that kind of thing. Yeah. But on he, a lot of bad White Sox teams. So he was on the one yeah. that won the World Series that everyone forgets about, right? I believe. That was one of his first seasons. Like White Sox. See, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about it. I don't even know what year it was. <laughs> 2005. Yes. So, yeah, he was on that team. I want to say his rookie year is like 2002 or something. His rookie year is 2000. 2000. Wow. Okay. So in 2015, he threw 198 and in two thirds innings with a 3.81 ERA and a 4.26 FIP. It was good for two WAR. And I guess he just said, 
Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if David David Peterson turned into that, I mean, that would be that is the ninety nine point yeah that five percentile outcome. That is he he's a very underrated player, Burley. Not not a Hall of Famer, I don't think, but no, he, he, very good. Yeah, exactly. He, he, a, a White Sox Hall of Famer, I would say. One hundred percent, like retire his number. I'm not sure. Maybe they have. They one. have, yeah. The White Sox. Oh, have. Hi. that's good then. <laughs> had that perfect game where Dwayne Wise robbed a home run with one out in the ninth. So, you know, also also a good highlight. Mm-hmm. All right. So next then obviously is Andres Jimenez, and he's hitting pretty pretty solidly. Uh, I hardly really watch games, so I'm gonna have to rely on you guys more. But how is the swing looking? Um, you go ahead, Ken. You, you're, I, you're, I, I haven't watched a ton either, but uh, um, you I know, mean, still I, kind of steep, still kind of what it what it's been, but um, he's yeah. been making it work. So yeah, I mean the the thing with him was that when he first started coming up to system, I saw him in Columbia, which I think it was 2016 or 2017 or whatever, something like that. And he was he was one of those guys with you know a. a Loose compact level, sw- uh, excuse me, a compact level swing, and then last season he added a lot more plane to it, and it was a lot more uppercutty. Um, looking back, I, I for whatever reason I took like 18 videos of him in Binghamton, so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have 18 videos of of data that I was looking at. It, it's not as stompy as i remember it, it he has a he had a little bit of a leg lift but it wasn't a terrible one mm. um and then you know we got word from our eyes and ears in the Arizona Fall League that he kind of toned things down a little bit while he was there and i mean here we are he's hitting in terms of Average anyway, pretty well. 276 average, I would say that. Uh, it's 333 after today. <laughs> oh, yep, wow. Okay. It's three hits today. <laughs> I well, honestly, looking at it now, it, it looks like he's kind of gotten everything more in tune with each other, you know? That was my take, because I remember you showed us some of those videos, and it looked he just looked uncomfortable with that. Yeah, it wasn't like... like um, the kick like, doesn't look as bad. He gets yeah. the foot down. Um, everything looks like it's interplaying a lot better. It also looks like he's just swinging, right? Yeah, to, right. to use a, a, a scouting euphemism, I hate. But like when the some of the videos you sent, it was like it was like he was thinking through the swing. He's like, all right, I lift my leg now and I plant it now and then I and then I do this and this. Now it just looks like he's going, right? And that's probably just a comfort thing. Uh, I'm been impressed. I'm also like the resident, not an Ahmed Rosario fan. So <laughs> not, not just recently. That's I, at least I'm consistent on that. I've always been down on that. Rosario. Is, that is true. Yeah. Um, and I think this is more impressive than anything Ahmed has ever done at the plate. Like Ahmed had a good second half last year. Someone pointed out to me in Slack, but he needed a, 360 BABIP or something to do it. And Jimenez has a high BABIP right now, but not. It, it's not just, that's not the entirety of the toolkit. I mean, like, yeah, so, like, um, the other thing I was going to say is, 
the speed and the defense has played up mm-hmm. about oh, as yeah. well as you could you could have hoped. You yep. know, I mean, defense no one ever questioned. I mean, we always knew that he's a better defender than yeah, Rosario, like, and I figured he might struggle with game speed for a little bit, but he yep. really hasn't. And um, the speed, like one of the singles today, was a bunt hit. I've seen him do that maybe two or three times. Um, the speed's like legitimately playing. So yeah, and that's a nice element. And look, speed isn't as important as it used to be, but it's still a nice little tool to have around. And if you're hitting a little bit and playing good defense, and you also can swipe a bag, bunt out a single every now and then. Like speed should never be your carrying tool, but as like his speed is nice to have in addition to the other other. He's a very useful player. He's proven. Yeah. And. And I want to look. I, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with when Cano is going to be healthy, um, or what the Mets infield looks like. I I think in the ideal world, right? You have Robinson Cano is healthy and still able to play second base next year and the year after. And presumably you're still running J.D. Davis and Jeff McNeil out at third and left. I don't really know who you put where at this point, since it seems like they can't decide either. But there's going to be a question of who do we play at shortstop if this happens. And then, of course, Cano will get hurt. (laughs) McNeil will get hurt and and on and on and on. And it'll resolve itself. But I I don't know. I'm I'm already open to the idea of of starting to to slide Jimenez over there more often but but yeah, perhaps that's treating it more like a timeshare than I don't even know if I want to call like the the, the upside with like I understand the argument for Ahmed right it's the there's more power upside there's more raw physical tools so I don't even know that that's true given that Ahmed's speed has never really been useful in game nor has his defense ever matched the physical tools I don't think and maybe I'm wrong on that but I think that's fair to say um, and at some point you are what you are. Like what, if Ahmed has all this power potential, but he's never getting to it. Why are we, why would you continue to play him over Jimenez? Speaking of power potential, what is Jimenez's, um, line right now? What is his slugging? Um, after today's game, yeah, he's hitting today. 333, 371, 424. 424. Okay, that's pretty good. That's okay. Yeah, that's one thing. number WRC plus. Because um, the number the number that I had here from I guess two or three days ago when I wrote it out was 276, 323, 345. And obviously 345 is very different from 420. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that'd be on the Yeah, table. it's literally just he hit a double today. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um so the power I I don't know, you know. Jimenez is always probably going to struggle to hit for power. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I see him hitting for power, to be clear. One thing uh, I want to mention is I don't really care as much about the power. He's making a ton of contact right now. Mm-hmm. Like through 35 plate appearances, he's only struck out, you know, eight and a half percent of the time. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> right. And uh, he's really not swinging and missing like at all so far. Uh, 5.6% swinging strike rate. Yeah. So if he continues to make contact like he has so far, I'm less worried about <laughs> if power is going to come, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do. Th- the contact, I think, is probably a little high right now, given some of the. Yeah, it's going to regress. Yeah, um, probably. But 
again, to go back to the comparison, Ahmed strike Ahmed strikes out a lot more than this, and his ISO is only what fifty points higher, which is significant, but it's not like that. This one department that Ahmed's supposed to have a the, the theoretical advantage in, he it, it's pretty minuscule. Um, and I think it's you might disagree with me. I think it's fair to say Andres is already a better defender. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely <laughs> better mm-hmm. on the base path. Paths. What what singular base path am I talking about? Um, I guess we're playing cricket now. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is a bit, uh, will be a more interesting discussion in the off season because mm-hmm. right now Robinson Cano is hurt, and who knows when he'll be not hurt. Not good. Very Mets. So yeah, those are the two guys. Should we should we bring up Blake Taylor? He's not a Mets, not not a Mets player, but he sure is having a good season himself. I mean, I'm I'm writing an article about this right now, not about Blake Taylor specifically, but the the same discussion we had last week, where the Mets mm-hmm. just throw these kind of guys away, and occasionally one really clicks, and it's only like ten innings, so who knows if it actually has clicked? But Blake Taylor sure looks pretty damn good. <laughs> Well, Mets. You could have just signed Billy Hamilton in the offseason and had both your defensive outfielder and Blake Taylor. And who else did they trade? I already forgot. Uh, Kennedy Corona, who was... Uh, I, I, I didn't care about that part. Short A uh, outfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great name. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of... He probably would have been released or something like that this year because that's just how the Mets do it. Although he does seem kind of promising in a way that, you know, 18, 19 year old outfielders in short A can look. But I mean, it'll be years and years and years before anything ever pans out in, in regards to him, if, if he ever does, but whatever. Blake Taylor, Jesus Christ. Blake Taylor currently leading all AL rookies in war. Hooray! <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance that the Mets traded away the American League Rookie of the Year for nothing? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, are there any other good AL rookies that I like? It's such a weird season that I could see a reliever randomly winning it. Then again, there might be enough animosity against the. Astros that just people refuse to vote for him or something. <laughs> I can see something like that happening. While we're on the topic of Rookie of the Year, so what are the percentage odds, whatever, that David Peterson or Ajay Jimenez get some Rookie of the Year votes? What do, what do you guys think? Get votes? Yeah. I mean, I... I at, at the rate that they're going, I don't think that they win it outright, either one. Mm. But Jimenez, I could see getting a few. Um, I could see him hitting like 280. I could with see a, with a pretty inflated BABIP and playing, you know, an excellent defensive shortstop, stealing 20 bases or something. Nah, too many short. The equivalent of a of a 60 game season's version of 20 bases. Eight. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Sorry, he's already three. Yeah. Uh, I would say flip a uh, flip a coin between the two of them, but I could see either of them coming in third. I think it's Dustin Mays to to Cruz too. 
this Probably. this season. The yeah. dude's filthy. Um, and then uh, is uh, the Padres have another random rookie who's who's mashing early, and because the season's so short, that might be enough. Um, both of them, I think, will definitely get like at least third place votes. Um, though I don't, I don't exactly remember how rookie of the year voting works, but but something in that range. I think it's the top three or the top five that they yeah. publish. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the AL rookies just to see how close we are to some serious pain. Randy <laughs> Dobnak. I don't actually know how to pronounce that name, but he's he's been like a one of those meme guys everyone likes because he doesn't strike anyone out, but his ground ball rate is currently an almost very nice 68%. Mm. Um but he's right behind Taylor, so maybe he could pull it off. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I almost want I almost want him to win Rookie of the Year just to just yeah, to no. drive <laughs> home the point a little more harshly. It's oh, Louis those... Robert. I'm an idiot, of course. Oh. Louis Robert and Kyle Lewis exist. Hitters exist. So no, Blake Taylor will not win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> <Okay>. in the <laughs> Whoops. All right, well, that's good then, at least. So they didn't trade away the AL Rookie of the Year. No, no, no. All right, well, uh, does anyone have any last words for the week? Uh, no, really. <laughs> aside from don't trade away the AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, don't do that. Um, give me Franklin Killamay, or and if I can't have that, give me Harold Gonzalez. What yeah, we'll get is Corey Oswald, and we'll like it. Yeah, probably. Won't like it. All right. If anybody has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. And Ken is at Ken1191. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. And until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.